56th episode of the Super Awkward Funcast with your hostess with the most Sal Latham who is very far from the mic she's moved closer, thank you very much um it's hot it's hot LA there's no nickname for LA when it's hot it's just, uh, it's LA <laughs> what are you gonna do I, we haven't, oh, knock on wood we have not reached 95 degrees yet so we shall see what happens. Hopefully it won't go to that at any time in the future in, in August specifically because that's when it usually hits me in the fucking face with the heats. Anyways, I feel great today because um, I've been dreading this all day. Like I'm literally recording at night. The sun was supposed to fucking set by now and that was supposed to give me a little bit of cool air, hopefully, from the window. And yet, it has not. So my phone is saying that it set at 8.08. It is now 8.19, and the sun is not down yet. So, fake news, Apple. Anyway, again, thank you for listening to the show. We did talk a lot on uh, the other podcast on Fearlessly Authentic with host Lucky Burritos, Lucky Burrito, um, on the YouTube, the Rumble, and the Odyssey. We spoke about all the big issues, pretty much. So this is me just going over shit that we didn't really get to on there. Um, like I was supposed to have gotten to, and if Little is listening, you know who you are. I was supposed to have gotten to the Who sex abuse scandal again, (laughs) which I have talked about before, but I was supposed to talk about it again. And I did not do that, so I owe you that. We're going to do a Gillian uh, Maxwell update. There was some news there, as you probably are aware. And we're going to talk about, we're, I'm going to talk about um, monkeypox, because if you know the, the title of the episode, I do now, <laughs> so I already came up with it. You know that this is monkeypox month, <laughs> so we must talk about that, the monkey in the room. So we'll get to that. Um, other than that, okay, some big shit happened. We talked about the Roe v. Wade overturning thing with SCOTUS and all the hypocrisy. I guess, you know, there's a new hypocrisy about it in so much that um, all these politicians who were pro-mandate are coming out and saying shit now. And it's like, oh, now you care about rights? Oh, they're rights when, when you want them, but not when we want them. Funny that. So yeah, I'm going to get her out of the way. Fucking Lori Lightfoot. Fucking Lori Lightfoot. I just want to punch her in the face. 
but I'm not a violent person, so I won't. So, Lori Lightfoot, oh dear, okay, let's get to it. Um, let me see if I can find that stupid ass clip of her. She was in the news, let's see. Lori Lightfoot, oh, if you don't know who she is, she's the mayor of Chicago. She's doing a great job right now. Everybody's very happy with her work. This is a joke, I, I'm joking. <laughs> Anyway, here she is. She also has a, a similarity in looks to, to, um, oh dear. Oh my gosh, I gotta, we got another thing about her that we're gonna put after this. That's hilarious. Thanks. I just looked up Lori Lightfoot and I found her, 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 her shit. Okay, so here's what she's known for right now. She did like a little rant. So this is her getting all mad about uh, Clarence Thomas, who is partly responsible for Roe v. Wade being overturned by SCOTUS with the Dobbs versus something health organization, not World Health, <laughs> something health organization. <laughs> what is it? I, I should find it. Hold on. I got it. That's fine. Is it in my articles? It is. And I have the petition too, so I have to read that. Um, Dobbs versus, okay, it doesn't say, oh yeah, Jackson's Jackson Women's Health Organization in Mississippi. Mississippi. I don't know how to say Mississippi, right? Anyway. So that was the decision. Anyway, we're moving on to Lori Lightfoot putting her foot in her mouth. Fans are weighing in today on a particular profanity-laced comment made over the weekend by Mayor Lightfoot, who took aim at Justice Clarence Thomas of the Supreme Court. Debbie Jans, Brona Tumulty joining us now with more from the newsroom. Brona. Good evening, guys. Yeah, critics say while those in the crowd may have welcomed the mayor's comments, something like this will impact her re-election campaign because those in office have a duty to temper emotions in a moment like this. Let's scooch put someone in the crowd to the, uh, pride event. the event Steve in Bolton, question. Steve chairman of the Chicago Republican Party, reacting today to comments made by the mayor at a pride event over the weekend. Thank you, Clarence Thomas. She seemingly repeats what someone in the crowd says with respect to the overturning of Roe v. Wade and comments made specifically by Justice Clarence Thomas regarding other rights that could potentially be revoked, like, for example, marriage equality. Okay, so she said fuck Clarence Thomas, right? Well, fuck you. Fuck you. Also, I found this from three months ago from the same outlet, and since it won't let me do anything but back up, I will play it. This is from three months ago. I have the biggest dick in Chicago, says Mayor Lightfoot. Some of the explicit language in the court documents is raising eyebrows tonight. Not her first explicit statement. Julian? Well, it 
Latina and Ray Italian American community leaders say that if the allegations are true, they're deeply disappointed with the mayor who is accused of making extremely offensive and vulgar remarks about Italian Americans back in October during a private Zoom session at City Hall Zoom, with a course. Park District lawyer and others. Mayor Lightfoot, do you have anything to say? Are you going to talk to the Italian-American community? Mayor Lori Lightfoot not taking questions after a downtown event in the wake of a defamation lawsuit filed yesterday in Cook County Circuit Court on behalf of now former Park District Deputy Counsel George Smirniotis. And I was just flabbergasted. Community leader Ron Onesti says if the allegations are true, Chicago's mayor didn't act in good faith when it comes to delicate negotiations over last fall's Columbus parade after Italian-Americans sued the city, then tried to reach a compromise with the Park District in order to display a Columbus statue at the parade for just 20 minutes. You know, a good faith gesture would be allowing us to utilize the statue for the Columbus Day Parade because our community was bruised. We felt slapped in the face. You may remember back in 2020, unrest over the Grant Park statue, Columbus, a controversial figure to many for what historians say was a brutal subjugation of Native Americans. As a result, Chicago yeah, mayor sucks. ordering the removal of several Columbus statues. I have no opinion. On, well, I have an opinion. I don't care about statues. was a profanity-laced Zoom call with the mayor last October, the Park District's deputy council bearing the allegedly defamatory brunt of a mayoral tirade. You bleeped. What the bleep were you thinking? She's Let me do it for them because they bleeped everything. So I'm going to unbleep it. You dicks. What the fuck were you thinking? You make some kind of secret agreement with Italians. You're out there measuring your dicks with the Italians, seeing who's got the biggest dick. To have said, you make some kind of secret agreement with Italians. You're out there measuring your blank with the Italians, seeing who's got the biggest blank. The mayor pictured here at today's gathering of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, verbally attacking then-Park District lawyer George Smirniotis on the Zoom call, according to the lawsuit. Where did you go to this law school? This is why school, I hate Zoom. Alleged to have said. Did you even go to law school? Do you even have a law license? Smear notice claiming you? that Lightfoot damaged his reputation with allegedly false and outrageous statements calling his professional integrity into question. A reaction is one of, is one of uh, almost complete surprise uh, that the mayor would use that language uh, referring to the Italian-Americans. Enrico Maravelli says the allegedly crude and disrespectful references to private parts said to have been delivered by the mayor extremely hurtful to Italian-Americans. Well, I, I think if we learn anything from this, we learn that if you have a conversation about privates, it doesn't always remain private. The mayor allegedly adding, I am trying to... I am trying to keep Chicago police officers from being shot, and you were trying to get them shot. My dick's bigger than yours, and the Italians. I have the biggest dick in Chicago. Keep Chicago police officers from being shot... You were trying to get them shot. My bleep is bigger than yours and bleep. the Italians. And I have the biggest bleep Dick. in Chicago. Onesti says none of this was necessary. We're Chicago. That's not. our mayor. And for our mayor to be talking about any ethnic group or any group of people that are in her constituency to, to that degree, I just hope it's not true. Well, 
So that was a little flashback on that one, but I think it was a good topic to bring us into the vaccine mandates, which, you know, she was a proponent of. So we go to her putting her foot down about people not complying with the vaccine mandates for COVID. Let's see what she said then when she didn't really care about rights. This is five months ago. Is this five months ago? I don't want to do that one. I want to do... Chicago police officers violating vaccine mandate being sent home without pay. Let's listen to how she feels about this damn thing. Chicago police officers facing the fallout today from their decision not to comply with the mayor's requirement that by Friday midnight they had to report their vaccination status. Today, police brass hauling in those defiant Again, eight officers, months ago, giving them flashback. one more chance to comply. Some officers still refusing. The disciplinary process began with those officers and civilian employees working at police headquarters after being given a direct order and several chances this is to from ABC 7 Chicago portal those who refuse paying the price at that point human resources will give you another opportunity to go in the portal if you do not go in the portal at that point and comply you are placed in a no pay status and you are stripped of your police powers immediately. The mayor saying similar steps are being taken against employees in any department who did not comply with the reporting requirement. Must be clear, it's not <clears throat> an action against the FOP. I deeply believe that the only way that we can maximize safety in our workplace is by getting our employees vaccinated. The city saying 79% of employees have reported their vaccination status, but of the more than 12,000 police employees, only 8,227 reported their vaccination status, which is just 64%, the lowest of any department. The remaining 4,543 employees now facing possible disciplinary action if they continue to defy orders. The FOP claiming because the city did not fairly bargain over the vaccination mandate, the order to report their status is invalid. One legal expert says the union is on shaky ground. The general approach is obey now, grieve later. That is, if you think in order... He has a very high voice. Proper, ...you're still expected to obey it and then file a grievance and fight it out afterwards. One alderman frustrated that it okay. came to this. Sadly, on a day a police officer is shot in the line of duty. There's certainly a better way to approach the fact that there's a number of police <laughs> officers who have failed to comply with the direct order to get vaccinated. There's a better way to do it besides publicly vilifying them and threatening them with their job at a time when they put their life on the line. Mayor saying today she does not believe that very many officers are actually going to continue to refuse and not comply with her vaccine mandate. On Wednesday, the two sides are going back to court. The FOP asking the judge who heard the case on Friday to recuse herself. Hey, if you like that video, be sure to- Okay, so like, just a reminder of who she is and what she's about. Okay, and then, cause we're back on COVID-19, you probably know by now, but on June 15th, the FDA decided, and 16th, 17th? By the 17th, I don't remember exactly which day. Um, they decided to okay an EUA request from Pfizer and Moderna respectively for children under the age of five. So that happened. Six months to four year olds are getting jabbed now. 
love that for us. Let's see how that's going, shall we? I'm gonna kind of let the videos speak for themselves. I'm kind of tired. <laughs> tired of everything, but here we go. Some big news now for parents. The CDC approved two COVID-19 vaccines for children under five. Oh yeah, CDC approved it too, obviously. Okay, CDC approved it through the ACIP. Uh, COVID, not COVID, whatever. The ACIP panel, which I went over in the last episode of Fearless the Authentic, which I'll link below, thank you. So catch up there and then check this out and then this is how it's going this is from nine days ago many parents have waited years for but others remain hesitant about whether to vaccinate their children as they should because it's ongoing the studies are ongoing this is from 13 news now i don't really know what network that is but here we are but i was gonna say it's like there's no really good long-term studies on the human human on adults and this vaccine other than like real world like obviousness of the boosters not working the vaccines don't work they literally don't work the boosters aren't working people who are three times vaccinated four times vaccinated are still getting covid and then complain and then saying oh at least i got the shot or whatever like dude you're gonna be okay anyway because you had like 98 Point whatever chance of survival so it's not that big a deal like get ready for monkeypox I'm saying okay anyway here we go ABC's Justin Finch has the latest the long wait for so many families now over COVID vaccines for children ages six months to five years old yeah, everybody's are already waiting available in some areas today. Nearly 20 million children are Go now able off. to get vaccinated against COVID-19. There are two choices. Pfizer's three-shot course, each As one usual. of the adult dose administered over 11 weeks. Moderna offers a two-shot regimen each. There's actually three choices. Moderna, Pfizer, herd immunity one quarter of the adult dose spread one month apart states have begun vaccine orders for the more than 18 million american children now eligible though they are less likely to face severe illness exactly doctors are still encouraging younger children to get vaccinations Why? because as of money as possible not so for any good reason getting your child fully protected you. maximally protected before the fall uh, starting sooner rather than later is a good idea but there are signs many families are on the fence a survey taken As in they April be. before the CDC recommendation finds roughly one in five parents saying they were eager to vaccinate their children. And four out of ten parents saying they were reluctant to vaccinate their children right away, be opting to wait instead. We don't feel confident enough at this point to make that decision. We would really like to wait a little while and see what happens. Parents Otavio and Zena Good enrolled their then eight-month-old and three-year-old in the Pfizer vaccine trial. They say neither child had issues with the vaccine. Really peace of mind that you don't need to worry about this uh, really uh, potentially dangerous and potentially fatal disease for fatal. Uh, young kids. Most critically, doctors say the vaccine can help protect children against the most severe can. COVID outcomes, including hospitalizations and deaths. Families can learn more information on appointments at vaccines.gov. 
just and they're not even saying in here, but they've said before it's like eighty percent chance. I mean, eighty percent effective, or sometimes like low, like fifty percent. So yeah, ninety-eight percent chance of of recovery, and not ending up in the hospital in a severe way with severe illness, or maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But I still get COVID. Like, if you're gonna get COVID anyway, and you're gonna survive, why put yourself in that position? Oh yeah, because the risk, the out, the benefits outweigh the risk according to the doctors involved, who okay it. Meanwhile, I'm looking over in the corner over here on this fucking website, YouTube, and it's from the AMA, American Medical Association. It says COVID-19 vaccines for kids under five with Paul Offit, MD. Paul Offit, I recognize immediately because he's part of the panel on the FDA um, member, what was it called? Voting members who voted for the Moderna and Pfizer. So this dude has this thing out from May 16, 2022. I want to look at it. So what it says. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 update video and podcast. This is a Today we're discussing this the dude status is so of COVID vaccines for kids under five with Dr. Paul Offit, director of the Vaccine Education Center and an attending physician in the division. Oh, and of he pretends he so pretends like in the meeting, like it's very long, like four and a half, five hours total without the breaks or whatever. And he pretends every time. He pretends that he's like really looking at the data and thinking about what's best for the patients and everything, but he doesn't really give a shit. Jesus, at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Dr. Offit is also a member of the FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. It's great to see you again, Dr. Offit. A lot of parents out there anxiously awaiting vaccine authorization, as you probably know, for kids under five. They put it out there, they say it. Both uh, are getting closer. Can you talk a little bit about where their applications stand right now? Right, so Moderna has a two-dose vaccine uh, at 25 micrograms per dose given to children between six six months and less than six years of age. Um, Each dose is given, uh, uh, the the dose is given four weeks apart. Um, the, the, they've submitted to the FDA for approval through emergency use authorization. Pfizer is in the midst of a three-dose trial, so not a two-dose trial like Moderna, but a three-dose trial where it's three micrograms per dose. And yet so you okayed both of them. Older adolescents with third- they gave a unanimous yes vote to both of them. Yes, unanimous yes to both of them. Okay, so... These people, I can't. They're so fucking bought. Are you kidding me right now? Moving on. Um, then you got shit like Sesame Street. I don't know if you saw this, but you're gonna you're gonna hear it. <laughs> Sesame Street came out with a little PSA 
a propaganda video for Pfizer and Moderna. And I hate this place. I hate PBS. PBS, by the way, takes fun has funding from gets funding from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So there is that conflict of interest as well, which we know about. So take that into consideration. And the fact that they're targeting babies and like little children, toddlers. Maybe not babies, but their to toddlers are being targeted right now. And it's disgusting. Also, I just think at this point, in general, children probably shouldn't be watching TV. I think I have no real opinion about it other than I don't think children under the age of five should, should watch television. Just in general. Because of propaganda. And I definitely don't think they should be on social media. If I had power, I would make it so that no one under the age of 18 would be on social media. That's how serious I am about that shit. Maybe 17. I could probably let it go with 17. But just no one under that age should be on social media. And no one under that age should have a cell phone either. These fucking children with the smartphones, these parents are shit. These parents are shit. I'll say it. Get, your, get them a book. Get them shit to do. Don't give them this technology that's going to be used to track them. And that they won't be able to fucking do anything about. Because they're not smart enough or mature enough or informed enough to know when they're being trapped. Why would you give them a tracking device at four, five years old, six years old? I just don't understand. But that's another sto story, another topic for another day. But anyway, Sesame Street, fuck them, blow them. I hate everything. And Elmo is in it. And he was already tainted by that whole scandal with the guy who put his hand up his ass and because um, he's a puppet right and had been accused of doing some things with children so we already know what happened with that and now they're targeting the children here we go here's what the fuck I had to watch and now you get to listen to enjoy Oh, by by the way, by the fucking way, YouTube kids, yay. Sesame Street took away comments. You can't comment here. They've been probably compromised for a long time and not had comments, but I, I know that they'd have some mean ones here because they only have 585 likes and 71,145 views. So imagine how many dislikes there are. Which you have to, because YouTube doesn't tell you that anymore. Huh. Elmo? There was a little pinch, but it was okay. Elmo was really glad to have Daddy and Baby David there with him. I hate it here. I had a lot of questions about Elmo getting the COVID vaccine. Was it safe? Was it the right no. decision? I talked to our pediatrician so I could make the right choice. Why is he so country? I learned that... Elmo getting vaccinated is the best way to keep himself, our friends, neighbors, and everyone else healthy and enjoying the things they love. Oh, Daddy, oh, Elmo and Baby David have a question. Can we have a hug? Oh, come <laughs> here, son. Oh, Elmo loves you, Daddy. I love you, too. It's Weird. okay to have questions about COVID vaccines for your kids. 
Get the latest facts by speaking to your pediatrician or healthcare provider. You know, the people who are most likely to be bought. Speak to those people. Don't do your own research. Don't figure out shit for yourself. Don't look up the studies that are ongoing for however many years. Post-marketing studies. Because we don't even mark... We market shit while it's in trials for the first year now. And they want to get these vaccines out faster the next go-round. Because as we know, there's going to be another pandemic, as has been told to us at Davos 2022, or WEF 2022, and by our great, wonderful president as well. So we have that to look forward to, and them doing this shit again. So that's fun. Love that for us. Other than that, I mean, you know, they keep bringing up COVID again, but not, but at the same time, they're talking about monkeypox, which is what this episode is all about. Let's get to the bottom of this monkeypox thing. So, is it like AIDS again? A little bit. Because apparently, according to the CDC and, you know, the WHO and all those people, gay people or sorry people who have sex with people who are the same sex are most affected by this disease and now i can put my now i can put my tablet down and we can read we love reading right reading is fundamental so i'm getting the facts on this because we got to know what's going on with this so we go to cdc.gov backslash pox virus backslash monkeypox backslash sexual health backslash index.html If you don't if you aren't able to remember that, I will put it in the show notes. Of course. Oh, we got a situation summary about the US outbreak, which is fun. So we'll get, we'll get a look at that as well. But here's what you look out for if you're sexually active, which luckily I'm not. So I will probably never get monkeypox. One, I'm not gay. Two, I don't even have sex. Three, I don't touch people. In general, I just don't touch people. I don't like to touch people. It's my own thing. Um, so I'm, I'm fine. I'm not gonna be affected by this. Let, like if I am I'll be surprised but we'll see what happens monkeypox facts for people who are sexually active monkeypox get the facts monkeypox is a rare disease caused by the monkeypox virus monkeypox can make you sick including a rash or sores often with an earlier flu-like illness monkeypox can spread to anyone through close personal often skin-to-skin contact And this is great because it goes back to this contactless existence that we had during the the pandemic before. So we can go back to the six feet away from people thing, right? And then they can bring back the masks just in case people want to kiss each other or something. I don't know. They're going to do what they do. 
Okay, direct contact with monkeypox, rash, sores, or scabs. Why the fuck would I touch your scab? I'm not touching your scab or your sore or your rash. You can get someone else to do that. I'm not doing it. Contact with objects, fabrics, clothing, bedding, or towels. You know, a cum towel. And surfaces that have been used by someone with monkeypox. Through respiratory droplets. Oh, we gotta have the droplets. Mm, that's how you know it's real. Or oral fluids from a person with monkeypox. <laughs> i.e. oral sex. Um, this contact can happen during intimate sexual contact, including oral, anal, and vaginal sex, or touching the genitals or anus of a person with monkeypox. Why would you touch the anus and genitals of someone with monkeypox? Why would you see sores and you're like, well, that doesn't look that bad. This is fine. <laughs> Hugging, massage, kissing, or talking closely. Even just a, a close talker could, could give you monkeypox. And they got a picture, in case you didn't know that's gay, they got a, a couple of dudes about to fuck in the bed in the picture. You gotta see this shit. That's why I put this in the show notes, because you gotta see it to understand. Touching fabrics and objects during sex that were used by a person with monkeypox, such as bedding, towels, and sex toys. We know the virus can be spread in fluid or pus. Why would... Ew. From monkeypox sores and are trying to better understand if virus could be present in semen, vaginal fluids, or other body fluids. Um, they still don't understand that. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad to know that they still don't understand that. They're still trying to understand it. We're in an outbreak, allegedly. Also, funny that it's this big, horrible disease for gay people, mainly, just happens to come out during Pride Month. Or beginning, or beginning like, end of May into the Pride Month. Like, Happy Pride Month, everybody. Stop having sex. Hmm. Stop hanging out with each other even though you're at Pride events all the time. Hmm. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm, about the timing. What are the symptoms? If you're wondering what the symptoms are, here they are. You, early flu-like symptoms of monkeypox can include fever, headache, muscle aches and backache, swollen lymph nodes, chills, and exhaustion. That really narrows it down. A rash or sores, sometimes located on or near the genitals or anus, but sometimes in other areas like the hands, feet, chest, or face. Sores will go through several stages before healing. That's fun, like a process. Sores may be inside the body, including the mouth, vagina, or anus. Some people experience a rash or sores first, followed by other symptoms, and some only experience a rash or sores. Monkeypox can be spread from the time symptoms start until all sores have healed and a fresh layer of skin has formed. The illness typically lasts two to four weeks. And then um, there's a wonderful page after this called Social Gatherings, Safer Sex, and Monkeypox, which has to be seen to be believed. 
and it says the same shit before and then you go down and it says oh man okay they're really specific on this one. Oh dear okay monkeypox can be spread to anyone through close personal often skin to skin contact including direct contact with monkeypox rash sores or scabs from a person with monkeypox we believe this is currently the most common way that monkeypox is spreading in the u.s contact with objects fabrics and surfaces that have been used by someone with monkeypox contact with respiratory secretions through kissing and other face-to-face -face contact this con you know hold off on the orgies right now that's basically what i'm getting to here um, this contact can happen when you have sex, including oral, anal, and vaginal sex, or touching the genitals, penis, testicles, in case you forgot what genitals are, labia and vagina, or anus, but... Anus? It's... It says but... Is that the technical term? We say pen penis, testicles, labia, and vagina for the first part for genitalia and then anus butt CDC what the fuck anus butt at least say buttocks what is wrong with you is this urban dictionary of a person with monkeypox this is a thing this is this happened I'm looking at this this is real hugging massage and kissing Touching fabrics and objects during sex that were used by a person with monkeypox that have not been in disinfected, such as bedding towels, fetish gear. Fetish gear! Okay. Okay, CDC. <laughs> See you. And sex toys. What are the symptoms? We already talked about it. Oh my gosh. A lot of bad shit we don't like. What are researchers investigating? If the virus can be spread when someone has no symptoms, so we don't know that yet, how convenient. If the virus could be present in semen, come. I think we know what semen is. Who was asking like, oh wait, what is semen? Oh, come, okay, got it. Got it, thanks. Vaginal fluids and fecal matter, poop. It says poop. I'm not kidding. Oh my gosh. It literally says poop. Just say shit then. You said come, but you can't say shit on your little page that anyone has access to? Okay. How can a person lower the chances, the chance of getting monkeypox at places like raves, parties, clubs, and festivals, and orgies? No, they didn't say that. <laughs> That's probably what they mean, though. When thinking about what to do, seek out information from trusted sources like the local health department. Second, you didn't say first, but all right. Second, consider how much close personal skin-to-skin -skin contact is likely to occur at the event you plan to attend. If you feel sick or have any rashes or sores, do not attend any gathering and see a healthcare provider. Festivals, events, and concerts where attendees are fully clothed and unlikely to share skin-to-skin -skin contact are safer. However, attendees should be mindful of activities like kissing that might spread monkeypox. A rave, party, or club where there is minimal clothing and where there is a direct, personal, often skin-to-skin -skin contact has some risk. Well, it's worth it, right? 
Avoid any rashes or sores you see on others and consider minimizing skin-to-skin -skin contact when possible. Enclosed spaces such as back rooms, saunas, okay, or sex clubs. They definitely, they just fucking said sex clubs. I was joking. They're saying sex clubs. They're just coming out and saying it. Where there is minimal or no clothing and where intimate sexual contact occurs have a higher likelihood of spreading monkeypox. How can a person lower their risk during sex? Let's talk about sex, baby. Talk to your partner about any recent illness and be aware of new or unexplained sores or rashes on your body or your partner's body, including the genitals and anus. Remember the butt. The butt. Also known as the butt. If you or your partner have recently been sick, currently feel sick, or have a new or an unexplained rash or sores, do not have sex and see a healthcare provider. This is always a good plan, even if monkeypox isn't in your area. <laughs> yeah, if I have rashes and sores, I probably don't want to have sex at that point. I'm probably not feeling very sexy. If you or your partner has uh, monkeypox, the best way to protect yourself and others is to not have sex of any kind. Oral, anal, vaginal. And not kiss or touch each other's bodies while you are sick especially any rash or sores. But that's my kink! It's my kink, CDC! Don't you kink shame me! Don't kink shame me. I'm, I'm gonna do what I gotta do. Do not share things like towels, fetish gear, again. Everybody's all 50 shades up in here. Text, text, sex toys and toothbrushes. That was random. Who's sharing toothbrushes? If you share toothbrushes, you're gross. I'm sorry. Ew. You have other problems, not just monkeypox. If you or your partner have or think you might have monkeypox and you decide to have sex, consider the following to reduce the chance of spreading the virus. Have virtual sex with no in-person contact. You know, the way it should be. The way they want it. Like meta, pretend you're in the metaverse already. Masturbate together at a distance of at least six feet without touching each other and without touching any rash or sores. Consider having sex with your clothes on. This is real. Oh my gosh. Or covering areas where rash or sores are present. <clears throat> Reducing as much skin-to-skin -skin contact as possible. I'm going to try not to laugh anymore. Try not to laugh challenge. Avoid kissing. Remember to wash your hands, fetish gear, sex toys, and any fabrics, bedding, towels, clothing, after having sex. Limit your number of partners to avoid opportunities for monkeypox to spread. I know you wanted to have that orgy. I know that you've been counting on it all month. But put it off for a little bit longer. <laughs> just put it off. Let's just do two people this time. That's, that's enough. Oh my gosh. They have this for download. They're like, you know what? Download this. Because you're going to need it. What should a person do if they have a new or unexplained rash, sores, or other symptoms? Avoid sex or being intimate with anyone until you have been checked out by a healthcare provider 
If you don't have a, a provider or health insurance, visit a public clin health clinic near you and then masturbate together because that's like the best way, apparently. When you see a healthcare provider, remind them that the virus is circulating in the area, in case they didn't know. Avoid gatherings, especially if they involve close personal skin-to-skin -skin contact. Think about the people who have had close personal or sexual contact with you with, within the last 21 days, um, including people you met through dating apps. You might be asked to share this information if you have received a monkeypox diagnosis to help stop the spread. So yeah, that happened. That totally happened. And that's wonderful. I'm so glad that happened. Here we are. Okay, so here's the situation summary of the outbreak in 2022, according to this website. So the US case count map, we got a little chart here, I think. It just happens to be really like a lot of them in California. It's just a coincidence that California, the most depraved count, uh, state in the Union, the Union, <laughs> in the uh, United States, is the one with the most cases, monkeypox. Um, that's just a coinkadink. Um, but 80 in California, and then the second one is. New York, of course, of course, and this is by about June 29th. This is as of today, it is June 29th when I'm recording this. So I don't know where this is in California, but yay, I'll be on the lookout. I'm going to just not touch anyone. I'm just going to do what I've been doing and I think it'll be fine. I'll be fine. All right, so you might be wondering if they're taking advantage of the monkeypox outbreak, and of course they are, of course, because there's a vaccine for that. There's a vaccine for everything, don't you worry. You're pretty little head about that. So in New York City, where this, there's a lot of cases, allegedly, 72 at least, allegedly, according to the CDC and their situation summary, um, they're lining up for the vaccine, their smallpox vaccine, which just happens to help with monkeypox as well. So let's see that story here while the plane is in the air. We'll just ignore it and move on. Midday at the city's health clinic in Chelsea and the city's monkeypox vaccine remained high and dry. Hours after the mayor said New York is ready for more. They gave us a thousand. Ready for more. As soon as they gave us a thousand, we issued out a thousand. And so we're now trying to get more here in the city uh, to, you know, give them out. As soon as they give it to us, we're going to give them out. The city and state are working to get more vaccines to the area at a time when testing and vaccines are in short supply across the country. The company in Denmark that makes the vaccine says it can meet demand as ordered by the United States CDC and other countries dealing with the unusual outbreak. Monkeypox is normally found in parts of Africa, but is now appearing on different continents. We are now it's hitting the whites all over the world. Um, we, it's a global concern for many, many uh, countries. And while the virus is appearing in new places, case numbers have remained relatively low. We're very, very sensitive at this point to almost anything that looks like it's a new phenomenon that is spreading. So yeah, we're keeping a close eye on this. 
and is of special concern in places like New York that have large LGBTQ populations. Doctors say the virus, similar to smallpox, is primarily spread among men who have sexual contact with other men. The uh, World yeah. Health Organization did See? not agree to uh, call this what's called a public health emergency of international concern. It has not reached that level yet. So this is a watch. Because it's just the right gaze. Wait until it hits the streets. Thanks then for watching our YouTube channel. Follow up, today's Lester. top stories. Shut up, Lester. Nobody cares. So until it hits the straits, we're not going to have a whole big thing happening. Okay, I think I have another video, actually. I was, I was going to read this, but I think I'll just play the video. Let's see here. Oh, man. This is crazy. Where are we? Hell, right? Let's see. Moving along, you might want to know, okay, I'm going to go from one story to another, very seamlessly, because we're going to talk about the Congo, because it's from Africa, right? Wait, yeah, 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 this is it. This is it? Let's listen to Tedros, because Tedros is so fucking smart and the best mm -hmm. person ever. Not just Tedros, but the people at the WHO who know what's best. And are always worried about Africa, you know, and helping Africa, especially the Congo, which we'll get back to in a second. We're going to circle back to the Congo, don't worry. But right now we're still on the monkeypox, so let's get to it. Shit. Let me refresh. This is called World Health Organization Employees Took Part. Oh, wait. My bad. I went to the wrong thing. My bad. Almost got you a spoiler alert there. Let's see here. Okay, this is CTV News. CTV News, monkeypox kills nine in Congo, first death in Nigeria in 2022. This is from May 30th, 2022, right before Pride Month. We love it. Here we go. The World Health Organization will decide today if the spiraling monkeypox outbreak is a global emergency. They decided it the wasn't. The head of the WHO has said that the virus is behaving unusually compared to in the past and that a coordinated response may be necessary given the global spread of the virus. Monkeypox has sickened people for decades in Central and West Africa. So far, the case count outside of Africa has topped 3,000 so more than 40 countries. Canada has confirmed 211 cases, most of them in Quebec. With me now is Dr. Christopher Lavos. He's an epidemiologist and cardiologist, and he joins me from Montreal. I'm sure uh, he's Dr. not Lavos, good bought at all. You. So what do you make of this? The fact that the WHO is considering declaring this a health emergency, I think this is going to set off a lot of alarm bells for people. Uh, yes, I think it will. I think okay, so the thing here is like, that's like their little tape here. But here's what the article says. So this is from Abuja, Nigeria. Nine people have died of monkeypox in Congo in 2022. While Nigeria has recorded its first death from the disease this year, the country's health authorities said even as at least 20 countries continue to grapple with sudden outbreaks had not seen in years. Dr. Aime Alango, 
chief of the Sankaru Health Division in Congo, said Monday that 465 cases of the disease have been confirmed in the nation, making it one of the worst hit in West and Central Africa, where the disease is endemic. The persistence of the disease in Congo is due to the consumption of dead monkeys and rodents, Dr. Alongo said. The residents un enter the forest, pick up the corpses of monkeys, bats, and rodents. Isn't that always the case, that they're just eating the wrong thing, aren't they? All the time, just like the wet market scenario. Which are the reservoirs of monkeypox, he added. Urging those with monkeypox symptoms to visit a health center to isolate themselves. Nigeria, meanwhile, recorded its first death from monkeypox this year in a patient with underlying medical conditions. Oh, we talk about those now? The Diseases Control Agency said Sunday. The Nigeria Center for, Con for Disease Control and Prevention announced that in 2022 it has confirmed 21 out of 66 suspected cases of the disease, which is usually endemic in G Nigeria and other parts of West and Central Africa, which we already said. The death was reported in, 14 year in a 40-year-old patient who had underlying comorbidity, what was it, and was on immunosuppressive medications, the Nigeria CDC said. Nigeria has not had an outbreak of monkeypox since t September 2017, but it continues to report sporadic cases. At least 247 have been confirmed in 22 of the 36 states since then, with 3.6% fatality rate, the disease control agency said. A spike in monkeypox cases reported in Europe and the U.S. has generated concerns among those countries, many of whom have not recorded a si single case of the disease in years. Over 250 cases of the diseases, disease have been reported in more than 20 countries not usually known to have outbreaks, the w Health, w Health, the World Health Organization said. Monkeypox has not re previously triggered widespread outbreaks beyond Africa where it is endemic. One of the new cases in the UK was recorded in a man days after his arrival from Nigeria on May 4th. Nigeria has recorded six confirmed cases of the disease. The British citizen left the country. Dr. Ifedayo Aditifa, head of the country's Center for Disease Control, told the Associated Press nothing shows that the British citizen con contracted the disease in Nigeria and the country remains prepared to respond to an outbreak of monkeypox. The biggest challenge that you have with a disease such as monkeypox is that it is uncommon and the perceived risk by the population about how dangerous this condition is has been very low. That is why we have conducted awareness training and advocacy training to increase the level of awareness of healthcare workers, he said. Okay, so there's the monkeypox story in the Congo, which brings me to, you know, WHO is in the news a lot. <laughs> about this monkeypox thing, the CDC, CDC, the uh, COVID-19 thing, like they've been in our face for a long time, for the last couple of years. Well, it turned out in 2021, there was a report that there was a sexual abuse problem amongst their doctors and epidemiologists and whatnot. So let's look at that for a moment, shall we? Let's see what NBC News had to say about that. This is from 
September 29, 2021, when the original report came out, which, by the way, also detailed events of sexual violence regarding minors as as young as 13 years old when girls as young as 13 years old specifically the youngest of the alleged victims identified in the report only as Julianne and re- and believed to be 13 recounted that a who driver stopped on a roadside in the town of Mangina where she was selling phone cards in April 2019 and offered to give her a ride home. Instead, he took her to a hotel where she says she was raped by this person, according to the report. The panel recommended WHO provide reparations to victims and set up DNA testing to establish paternity and enable women to assert their rights and those of their children. Director General Tedros Adhanom, good reduces, appointed the panel's co-chairs to investigate last October after October 2020, after media reports claimed unnamed humanitarian officials sexually abused women during the Ebola outbreak that began in Congo in 2018. He called the report harrowing, reading, and a dark day for the UN health agency, because it's also uh, part of it. Tedros said four people have been fired and two placed on administrative leave as a result of the scandal, but he did not name them. Also, aren't there like fucking 19 situations or nine situations? Um, not 19, nine. Let's see here. He just got a second term at this point too. This doesn't have all of the information about it. So maybe I'll put the other article in there so you can have a little more information. But this is the mainstream news article about it. So let's see what they say here. And now we're at NASA, so we gotta refresh. All right, let's see what great things are said by this report. It makes for harrowing reading. Yes, we in WHO are indeed humbled, horrified, and heartbroken by the findings of this inquiry. I'd like also to thank all the women and girls who have come forward and given evidence to the investigation and thus have given us the basis on which to take action in WHO, which has been necessary. I'd like to indicate that as WHO leadership, we apologize to these people, to the women and the girls for the suffering that they have had because of the actions of our staff members and people that we have sent into their communities to help in a... Well, they sure did help, didn't they? very difficult situation of an epidemic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what was done to you by people who are employed resign. by WHO. He didn't resign though. And protect you. I'm sorry for the ongoing suffering that these events must cause. We must act immediately. By you resigning? No. In three areas. First, support, protection, and justice for the victims and survivors. Dismantle the who? The who? Actions to address management and staff failures. Yeah, you. That's you. And third, wholesale reform of our structures and culture. How's that going? How'd that go? Because I don't think it happened. I hear things, but I don't see things. 
And this article is World Health Organization employees took part in Congo sex abuse during Ebola crisis, report says. And it's not just the report says. So this was an investigation that was done by the WHO themselves. They investigated themselves and found out that they were very much responsible for these things. And they're now coming out and being like, oh, you know what, we're going to help you with abortion access and whatever the fuck. I bet you will. <laughs> Just like you helped allegedly, not allegedly, my gosh, this girl, you know, get rid of her baby from her rape. That was great. Forced abortions. Y'all already did that during that story. It's not in that article, but I will link to the Globe and Mail that has that information. Okay, so that brings us to the news of the week, I think, which is the 20-year sentence that Gil and Maxwell got. You know... for sex abuse involving many different clients, many of whom are not going to be on trial and are never going to see court at all. So that's fun. Um, she's a nice scapegoat, right? So former socialite, because they always refer to her as that, hilarious, was accused of sexual abuse, was found guilty of sexual abuse of minors including ones that she had trafficked to clients, one of which is allegedly Leslie Wexner, who's still free. Uh, Jean-Luc Brunel died in prison, totally didn't kill himself. And Jeffrey Epstein totally didn't kill himself. And she will totally not kill herself. I'll say it right now. J Gillen Maxwell did not kill herself. This is for posterity's sake. Um, Following a widely publicized criminal trial, not really though, not by you, CBS News, Maxwell was found guilty last December of conspiring with Epstein, her long-standing associate and romantic partner for a time. They always have to throw that in. They're just a Bonnie and Clyde over here, grooming and recruiting and sexually abusing minors as part of the late financiers, now infamous tra trafficking ring, which still exists, but okay. Maxwell was convicted of multiple charges relating, related to sex trafficking and conspiracy. Funny, they're conspiracy charges, and yet we don't get to see who she conspired with. Funny that. Don't know how that happened. Maxwell's sentence includes five additional years of supervised release and a $750,000 fine. So it's all good. Judge Allison Nathan, who presided over the case, ordered her to immediately pay $100 for each count on which she was convicted. Bobby Sternheim, her defense lawyer, requested her transfer to a women's prison in Danbury, Connecticut, along with her enrollment in a family-initiated treatment program to address past trauma. Oh, she's suffering from so much trauma that she transferred to other people, but whatever children. Her legal team was given 14 days to appeal her sentence. The U.S. attorney, Damian Williams, acknowledged the sentence after Maxwell's hearing concluded, 
saying it sends a strong message that no one is above the law and it is never too late for justice. No, it actually does the opposite, but okay. Today's sentence holds Gill and Maxwell accountable for perpetrating heinous crimes against children, he wrote in a statement. We again express our gratitude to Epstein and Maxwell's victims for their courage in coming forward, in testifying at trial, and in sharing their stories as part of today's sentencing. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fucking fact that there are other people out there who were involved, who were named, and are linked to these people who testified, who are still fucking free, who are fine, who are going to be fine. And heads of state who were, like, associated with both of these people. Come on. Maxwell's defense asked the court to sentence her to no more than five years in prison. This bitch. Prosecutors have requested that she serve 30 to 55 years in prison, but they went by the 2003 guidelines, which they don't say here, but I'll say it for you because I actually followed the fucking thing. The sentencing. And I know what the fuck happened, and they're not going to even tell you that. There's nothing here. Wow. This bitch had the nerve to say some shit, too. So they let her speak on Tuesday, and she said, Maxwell said, It is hard for me to express, express, sorry. It is hard for me to address the court after listening to the pain and anguish expressed in the statements made today. The terrible impact on the lives of so many women is difficult to hear and even more difficult to absorb. I I apologize. Excuse me. I was hoping she would apologize, but she didn't. She says, "I, I acknowledge their suffering and empathize deeply with all the victims in this case. It is the great, greatest regret of my life that I ever met Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein. I believe that Jeffrey Epstein was a manipulative, cunning, and controlling man who lived a profoundly compartmentalized life and fooled all those in his orbit. Variously, his victims concerned, considered him a godfather mentor, benefactor, friend, lover. I'm pretty sure they did not consider him a lover, you stupid psycho. It is unfathomable today to think that is how, that is how he has, she makes me so mad. I'm fucking up. Okay. (laughs) It is unfathomable today to think that is, that is how he was viewed contemporaneously. His impact on all those who were close to him has been devastating. So has yours, bitch. Jeffrey Epstein should have been here before all of you. He would have been if it weren't for him getting killed. Being killed. Having killed himself. He should have stood before you years ago in 2005, in 2009, and again in 2019. All the many times he was accused, charged, prosecuted. He should have spared victims the years of chasing justice. But today is ultimately not about Epstein. Epstein. Why do I keep saying Epstein? Epstein. It is for me to be sentenced and for the victims to address me alone in court. To you I say, I am sorry for the pain you experienced. I hope my conviction along with my harsh incarceration brings you closure. I don't think she said that. I thought she said, um, brings you a peace and finality. Peace, a peace and finality. Then she says at the end, 
It is my sincerest wish to all those in the courtroom, in this courtroom, and all those outside, that this day brings a terrible chapter to an end. And to those who, and to those of you who spoke here today, and those who did not, may this day help you travel from darkness into light. Fuck you! You're the darkness. You stupid bitch. Pleaded not guilty to all charges. Never apologized. Never once admitted anything. And then they show Real Ghislaine's account. Real Ghislaine's account on Twitter. Their fucking... Her family and friends who set up this fucking weird-ass website. RealGhislaine.com Where they, like, post a bunch of supportive stuff on. It has 69 likes. I can't. Can't right now. But that has, like, her statement and stuff. And this was the same case that had, like, the whole thing with the juror, number 50, got in trouble for being biased and shit, but then it didn't really go anywhere. Anyway, I just, this bitch, she has a lot of nerve. She never apologized, not once. She's just like, oh, I'm sorry I met him. Oh, well, you tried to have a baby with him. Were you sorry then? Were you sorry when you were still hanging out with him after he was arrested for shit? Fuck off. Honestly. Such a fucking piece of shit. Ugh. She, she disgusts me, but the people behind her disgust me more. Thank you very much. I guess we'll end on Ukraine, because Ukraine is also in the news again. Well, as you are probably aware, there has been has been what I perceive to be a false flag event, but I'm not really digging into it because I just assume everything is fake if I hear it from NATO forces and Zelensky at this point, or anyone in charge. They're all lying sacks of shit most of the time. Anyway, the G7 leaders are meeting up, so that's fun. And they pledged $600 billion for developing tr countries amid the Ukraine war. We got $600 billion for everybody now. Good to know. So let's hear this little report that I've never heard before. Let's have a fun time listening to it. Leaders of the G7 are in Germany this Sunday for day one of the annual summit. Topping their agenda is the war in Ukraine, of course. The group has already agreed on a new ban on Russian gold exports. The commodity is a significant source of revenue for the country, and the goal here is to hurt Moscow's ability to fund its war in Ukraine. Here is U.S. President Joe Biden speaking a little earlier. Oh, yay. We have to stay together. Because yeah. Putin has been counting on from the beginning. And somehow NATO would... Uh, the G7 would splinter, and but we haven't, and we're not going to. So, can't let this aggression take form it has and get away with it. Well, France 24's Doug Herbert is in southern Germany covering the summit for us. He joins us now live from Gray. Now, Doug, leaders of the G7 uh, went into the summit saying it would be all about solidarity with Ukraine. We just heard it, heard it there with Joe Biden saying we have to stay together, but it's uh, easier said than done. It really is, and it's becoming a, a much tougher slog with each successive s summit to keep up this show summit. of Western unity, of solidarity, of cooperation with Ukraine, and also pushback against Russia. It's true, you know, Biden has sort of cast himself throughout, ever since this invasion, as the rallier-in-chief uh, when it comes to trying to push 
back hard against Russia. Uh, obviously, the U.S. is geographically further away, isn't as dependent on Russian energy as Europe is, so it's perhaps easier for Biden to, uh, to play the tough guy role. But at this summit, really is a heavy lift in the sense that um, while the G7 leaders are, like you said, trying to present that united united front. They passed those uh, extra sanctions today against uh, uh, imports of Russian gold, new gold that is, uh, which is a significant source of revenue for Putin. But at the same time, it's hard to ignore the cracks in the edifice. No matter how much the leaders here try to paper over things and make it look like they're all on the same page, the fact of the matter is, today Boris Johnson, uh, you know, was, he he actually said that he told Macron, he commented uh, to the British uh, press, uh, told uh, Emmanuel Macron that now is not the time in any way to negotiate with Vladimir Putin. Doing so will simply give Vladimir Putin a free hand Vladimir. in manipulating uh, sovereign countries and manipulating also international markets in the future. Uh, so he was very... Also, it's bad for business. It's bad for the defense manufacturers, right? You know, the defense... What is it? That's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> the uh, defense contractors and the manufacturers of the bombs and shit. Very clear with that. Now, the, the French presidency pushed back on that, basically, uh, you know, essentially denying that anything uh, of, the, of the sort was said and that the, the meeting was very uh, congenial between uh, Johnson and Macron. And they essentially, you know, both want to show that united front. But the very fact that Boris Johnson is sort of going off off team, you know, and saying to his own people that he gave uh, Macron a tough warning about not negotiating with Putin, you know, it says a lot right now. We're having a case of the question being, how does the G7 present a united face, uh, face at a time when the war is grinding on in Russia, when Putin is showing absolute disdain for whatever NATO or the G7 would do, or anyone in the West would do, continuing a barrage of missile strikes across U Ukraine over the weekend, speaking of sending nuclear capable missiles to Ukraine's neighbor Belarus, showing that he couldn't care less really what the G7 and, and NATO and, uh, and uh, the EU are doing in their corners, that he essentially thinks it's all going to fall apart. So it's very hard to keep up the united front. Putin basically is laughing all the way to the bank, literally, because oil, energy prices, oil prices are higher than ever. He's still raking in a lot of money. How is he laughing? Come on. Y'all are ridiculous. And it's very hard for Biden to try to keep everyone in line there and keep sending that strong message and pushback against Russia. Doug, another big issue here, the global food crisis. Have talks yielded anything on that front yet? Yeah, the food crisis is really top of the agenda. How can it not be? Because according to the World Food Program, you have 50 million people, perhaps even more, in 45 countries who are in imminent threat of starvation. Uh, that doesn't mean in a few years down the road. That could mean literally next few weeks, next few months. Obviously, the war in Ukraine is the elephant in the room. It is what has aggravated an already dire food crisis in the world, one that has been aggravated by things like the COVID pandemic, the climate change emergency, uh, food and energy prices soaring, something we just talked about earlier. Uh, and basically what the, the, the World Food Program is saying is that this year, 2022, is going to bring record food insecurity. Insecurity is That's simply nice. a euphemism in sort of international organizations jargon for insecurity, for famine, for starvation. They have to act now. Wow, that it's sounds a very, great. very tough thing to do when you have Ukraine's ports blockaded with tens of millions of tons of grain sitting there, unable to get out for now. France 24 is Doug Herbert covering the G7. Sounds like good news to me. Doug, thank you very much.
Yeah, thanks for that great news, the man. Leaders of the G7 are in Germany this Sunday. We really appreciate that that wonderful news that you gave us right there. So, yes, yeah, shit's still bad in Ukraine, clearly. And with the food crisis. Here, but one of them is Meanwhile, in the corner of that video I saw on the YouTube website, they made me aware that there is another thing from three days ago, which would have been January, June, June 26th, with our favorite Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. Anthony Blinken. And he's going to talk about... Putin. Is Putin winning? Let's hear his response. Not the beginning, because the beginning is about SCOTUS. So let's skip to that. Skip past that. So, yeah. Okay. They talk about, I think, the false flag here. Hold on. Many missiles were launched at Kiev, including residential areas. Um, Russia state media says the Russian defense minister just visited Russian troops in Ukraine. Is Russia winning? Jake, let's not confuse the tactical with strategic. When it comes to Putin's strategic objective, Answer the question. he's already failed. His strategic objective was to end Ukraine's sovereignty and independence, to erase it from the map, to subsume it in Russia. That has failed. And a sovereign, independent Ukraine is going to be around a lot longer than Vladimir Putin's on the scene. Meanwhile, there is a tactical, ferocious uh, battle going on in eastern Ukraine with the Russian aggression, what about with, Yemen? Uh, Ukrainian uh, forces pushing back, and that line has shifted. There are gains one way, uh, gains another way. Uh, but what's really important is the strategic proposition that Putin will not succeed in what he's tried to achieve. Not only that, uh, he's also tried to divide NATO. We're about to go to a NATO summit where the alliance is going to show greater unity, Fuck greater NATO. strength uh, than in my uh, my memory. Uh, in Ukraine itself, here at, at this uh, meeting of the G7, as well as at NATO. We will continue to do, uh, collectively, everything we can to make sure that the Ukrainians have what they need in their hands to repel uh, the Russians. And make sure the defense contractors are well bought out. That we give them all the money that they need to continue to make money off of dead people. The Russian aggression. Do you think the attack on Kiev overnight and this morning was Kiev. part of a direct provocation against the meeting of the G7? We've seen sporadically, even ever since Putin lost the battle for Kiev and had to shift his focus. Just when did it start being called Kiev? Because it was never called Kiev before. It's Kiev. I'm calling it Kiev. I can spell and I can read. To eastern and, and southern Ukraine, that they've occasionally launched. Uh, missiles at a distance basically to terrorize people uh, they struck an that's your job isn't it how they dare they that has no purpose other than Sucks to try to terrorize ukrainians the g7 just announced a new ban on russian gold imports uh, the u.s said that western sanctions right. against russia would devastate its economy but that doesn't seem to be happening the ruble is at its highest Oops. in years oil profits are soaring when are these sanctions going to start having the effect uh, that the West and the President Biden has promised? Oh, they're already having a dramatic effect. Um, well, first, let's take gold. On our economy, yeah. That is the second most lucrative uh, export that Russia has after energy. It's about $19 billion a year. And most of that is within the, the G7 countries. So cutting that off, uh, denying access to about $19 billion of revenues a year, that's significant. But beyond that, Jake, everything that uh, we've done from the start in imposing these 
um, unprecedented sanctions and the export controls is having a profound impact on Russia. Uh, even as it gets oil revenues with higher prices, it's unable to spend them because of the export controls. It can't acquire what it needs to modernize its defense sector, to modernize its technology, to modernize its energy, energy exploration, which means that over time, each of these areas is going to go in decline. Already, we're seeing predictions that the Russian economy uh, will uh, shrink by 8, eight to 15 percent uh, next year. Uh, the ruble's being propped up artificially uh, at great expense. A thousand companies, major international companies, have left Russia. Uh, they had products that were um, uh, still on the shelf when they left, uh, but those supplies have now dwindled. Russians were no longer being able to buy what they're used to buying. Uh, the standard of living for Russians is dropping. All of this is having an effect immediately, but it's also having a cumulative effect. We've seen um, a brain drain from Russia. 200,000 Russians, among the most uh, educated, uh, working in some of the most important industries, have left. Many foreigners working in those same industries have left. Mm -hmm. All of this, over time, accumulates, accumulates, accumulates. So um, there was a House resolution bipartisan in favor expressing a good desire that Brittany Griner be free, the yeah. WNBA star who's now been detained in Russia for 129 days. I don't know uh, who that American is. former Marine Paul Whelan's been there for almost four years. After the U.S. brought Trevor Reed mm -hmm. home uh, in a prisoner swap, my understanding uh, is that there might be another prisoner swap in the works right now. CNN is reporting um, that there is a, there are discussions going on and that, that you and President Biden and others are in favor uh, of uh, swap Grinder and Wheelan in exchange for Russian arms trafficker Victor Bout. Is that going to happen? As a general proposition, Jake, I've got no higher priority than making sure that Americans who are being uh, illegally detained in one way or another around the world uh, come home. And that includes uh, Paul Whelan, that includes Brittany Griner, uh, that includes people in a number of other countries. In fact, I spoke to Brittany Griner's wife just a few days ago. Uh, I spoke to the families Wait, of uh, many detained Americans. They really want to talk to President Biden. And some, some of them have, but we have a regular dialogue with them and no higher priority. I can't comment in any detail on, on what we're doing except to say this is an absolute priority. So, um, I don't know anything about that shit, but... They don't negotiate with... No, way. hold on. They don't want negotiations with Russia. They don't want to... To concede defeat. I don't know. But they just want to keep the war going as long as possible with our money um, during a pand pandemic. During a supply chain problem during an inflation situation that could amount to a recession very soon I don't know this is a lot of talk about shit that's not going the way that they said it would go like nothing is happening the way they said it would happen but I'm not surprised I mean it's the US government they suck ball they suck and they invade countries so they should shut the fuck up so the white house says president biden's upcoming meeting with saudi officials in riyadh oh, next month will include the kingdom's crown prince mohammed bin salman president biden as you remember during the campaign promised to make saudi arabia and mbs uh, pariah, uh, for the murder uh, of a, a journalist jamal Khashoggi, who wrote and not the yemen Post. genocide is cheaper oil worth breaking that promise <laughs> jake when it comes to saudi arabia uh what we said is we needed to uh, recalibrate uh, the, the relationship to make sure that it more effectively 
reflected our own recalibrate interests, our own values. So we but deal with really terrorists when we want to. Because we've got a multiplicity of interests involved and uh, and our values. Oh, and because so one, once there's an interest involved, you don't care. Like if it's Nazis that get our money for the weapons, you know that's fine. You can look the other way. If it's terrorists, you know that you're arming, you know, and helping commit genocide against people in the Middle East, that's fine too, as long as we ha as long as they serve our interests, right? That's what you just said. Holding you to that, Anthony. When it comes to the relationship broadly, uh, Saudi Arabia's been an important partner in dealing with extremism. An, important, an important partner, partner with extremism. The posed by Iran. That's ironic. It's also absolutely critical to helping end what has been one of the worst wars and atrocities in uh, recent memory, and that's the war in Yemen. Uh, by most accounts, that's the worst. Which you're benefiting from, and that's saying something. Uh, Saudi Arabia's uh, engagement in doing this now, you know, has been the genocide part, to getting what we haven't had for eight years, which is a truce. Truce has been extended. Humanitarian assistance is getting to people who need it. Uh, the guns uh, have been silenced. That's important. And when it comes to our silence, uh, we had uh, we the had guns have been silenced. Murder of so they have silencers. Sure. We made sure. I made sure that the report, with accountability, and making clear the responsibility first murder was put out in public with the imprimatur of the U.S. government on it. We initiated something called the Khashoggi ban to make sure that countries that try to repress those criticizing them from third countries, including from the United States, uh, are penalized for doing that. We've used that ban something like 70 times since we put it forward. And of course, energy is part of the equation too. So for us, it's about making sure that we put all of this together, that we are working to advance all of these interests consistent interests. with our values. Key if word, interests. That will be a dramatic step forward for human rights. You are not uh, going to do that. As well. That Secretary will not happen. I believe that the war in Yemen will end just as soon as the Ukraine war will end. <laughs> not at all. Alright, so that's the news that everybody's worried about. Other than that, here's a little update at the end of the fucking show. Because I gotta go. Because it's almost been an hour and a half. And I think I did well on time. Um, so Amber Heard, if anyone gives a shit, I'll give you a quick update at the end of the show. Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, the judgment came out from Judge... i trying to remember her name. Judge Penny Ascarati. That said that she was to give him 10.35... 10... $0.35 million. $10,350,000. Gosh darn it. Um, and then he's supposed to give her $2 million. That's the judgment. They're not going to do it where he gives her $8.3 whatever million. He's not going to do that. He, he doesn't do that. They have time to appeal, of course. Um, and it seems like he could appeal for his, um, the finding of uh, Waldman's statements being defamatory. So that could happen. Um, but mainly, like, she was told 6% interest to appeal. So if she wanted to appeal, she had to do a bond and pay for it. So that's how that went. We'll see if she ever pays up and appeals. No news there yet. But her trolls are out in full force on social media trying to make it like she was treated that unfairly. 
And they're using Roe v. Wade. They use the Roe v. Wade overturning situation to help her to be like, oh my gosh, this was a setback for women and ours was a setback for women too, our case, blah, blah, blah. And it's just gross, you know. It's gross what they're doing. But that's what they do. So meanwhile, Johnny Depp is fully employed. He is on tour with his bandmates soon and he also has shit going on. He has a, a role coming up in a period piece and there was news that Disney wanted him back but I don't, I don't find that to be very verifiable so that I took that with a huge boulder of salt. <laughs> anyway Thanks for listening. That's the news. It's not good. Not a lot of good news. But I guess the good good news is that you are a great person if you're listening to this. Probably most likely. And I love you. And thank you so much for listening. And if you've been listening for a long, long time. Like more than 10 episodes. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Because... You could be listening to anything, and I appreciate your time. And that's why I don't ask you to pay me for it. Um, But anyway, it's now definitely dark. (laughs) The sun eventually did go down, so that's cool. And the helicopters left, or planes or whatever, so there's that too. Anyway, that's June. Happy Monkey Pox Month, everyone. Sorry. We just went back to the AIDS playbook. It's, you know, the new thing. Bringing back the 80s. Love that for us. Anyway, yeah. All the the links, show notes, check them out. Thank you so much. Shout out to people doing their thing. Because I shouted out on one episode that I was listening to of my show. And I was like, I should do a shout-out again. So I'm going to do a shout-out to James Corbett. Do a shout-out to True Stream Media. They're killing it right now. Check them out. I'm going to shout-out Brian Christian. I love Brian Christian. And all his work at The Last American Vagabond. Whitney Webb, killing it. She's still, still killing it. One of my favorite researchers. Um, other people to shout-out. Glory Jones. Free Commander X. Um... Free Assange, of course. Eventually, at some point. He's facing 175 years in prison for his espionage charge. Versus raping and trafficking children in a blackmail scandal. Getting 20 years. And now, as of today, we have the R. Kelly news. He got 30 years. So R. Kelly got more time in prison than Gil and Maxwell did. But he's younger, so that's probably why it is. Whatever. Anyway, 2003 guidelines is why it's 20 years. So, look that up. Um, who else am I shouting out? Shouting out, obviously, Fearlessly Authentic, my crew, Stever, Lucky, Bonkers, Sweetie, never seen her, but she seems cool. Um, Everett, Peaches, always chiming in, the greatest moment. Um, who else? 
Little, I love you. I'm just shout out to the chat people. Barbara Bartleson, Jilly Love. I know everybody. Cirrus. <laughs> Are you serious? Um Goddamn. Miguel. Love you, Miguel. I love all of you, by the way. <laughs> um Shelly, gosh, sorry. Should've said you first. Lady Alex. Who else? Popeye Sailor. This will make no sense to anyone who does not watch my show. I'm blanking on everybody right now. Everybody in the chat. We love everybody in the chat. Love you all. Thanks for joining us on Rumble and Odyssey when you do for the big, big stories. It makes a real difference and I really appreciate your time for the stories. Um, Beauty and the Boomer. Shout out. Want another shout out? What could I do? There's so many people out there doing their thing. Franco, Frank Analysis. Um, Fiorella, um, Calvin Couch Crew, Amber, not Amber Heard, the good Amber. Jason Burmis, sure, I'll give him a shout out. Fine, fuck it. Lou Kradowski. Sure, why not? Joe Rogan for some some things that he says, I guess. Shout out to Pfizer who does not sponsor this show. And Netflix who doesn't sponsor this show. Has never sponsored this show. I appreciate all the non-support that I have gotten from all of you. Um, that's about it. You know, don't get your kids injected. <laughs> and fuck school. Homeschool is where it's at. They're indoctrination stations. I wouldn't even put a child in school anymore. That's just me. Watch out for the monkeypox, I guess. Stay six feet away from everyone again. I don't know. They're not even really... They don't care about the monkeypox. It's funny. It's like... They really want to impose the mask mandates again in LA so they're hoping everybody goes to the hospital for COVID or goes to the hospital and needs to go to the hospital and gets the COVID test so that they can call it a hospital COVID case that's not happening so we'll see what happens with that but I hate that it's on the table I hate that it's at all on the table that we have all these vax mandates and mask mandates again because you never got rid of them like they lift them for a minute and then they can just bring them back whenever they want. So we need to be careful about that. Um, and fuck anyone who supports them at this point. My body, my choice applies to everyone. God damn it. That's what I want to leave you with. It's your body. It's your choice. You put whatever you want into your body or you don't want into your body. Don't let anyone make that decision for you. Especially not the government. Fuck the government. And yeah. Prosecute war crimes, not war cr criminal exposures. And I'll leave you with that. Free Assange. Free everyone who is in prison for stupid shit. Love you. Bye. <laughs>